Hello and welcome to another episode of Casted Into the Fire podcast. I'm Sarah. I'm Bill. We're back to Game of Thrones and we got an editor chapter. Yeah, this is, I have to apologize to our previous, our listeners to our previous episode. I thought we were actually on this chapter prematurely and we were not, but now we actually came to this. And this is um, a back and forth chapter between uh, Ned and Littlefinger. And um, the first, um, the illustration next to it in the illustrated edition, it's Littlefinger, Varys, and um, Grandmaster Pycelle standing in front of a map of Westeros looking really shady. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and Ned, uh, he rides in and... He's tired and hungry and cranky. Yeah, and he's being summoned for a specific purpose. Well, he's being summoned for a number of things, but it was a very specific purpose. He'd he'd rather go to bed, have some uh, roast chicken or fowl, take a bath, you know, anything but deal with this right now. Yeah. But he's been summoned, so... It's uh, Littlefinger, a.k.a. Lord Baelish, and Grand Maester Pycelle. And, and also, um, quote-unquote, Lord Varys. Yeah. Now he's summoned to um, the chamber... <laughs> And uh, not that this is important to this story, but it's it's described as having these uh, fancy carpets from mire instead of um, rushes like a normal place would have if you're a bit less rich. And it's got um, painted um, screen mural of... Um, fabulous beasts that uh, they got from the Summer Isles and tapestries from Norvos and Kohor and Lys and they even have a pair of uh, Valyrian sphinxes next to the door with um, gems for eyes so it's pretty fancy. It's fancy but it's not too fancy. I get the impression that it's meant to be like fancy but sort of, uh, as you said, not too fancy and then tacky, I guess, in a way. I don't know. Like, it's meant to be... It's meant to show off... Uh, this is like Littlefinger's place, isn't it? So it's No, this little... isn't Littlefinger's place. Okay, this is um, the council chamber. It's for... That's right. It's for the... For the uh, it's for... It's where they uh, have to actually make decisions. So it's, it's like, think of it like an office building or something like that for them. So... Ned arrives, and he's tired and cranky, and he's being greeted by these people. Um, uh, they tell him that his place is going to be the Tower of the Hand, and his stuff's already um, being moved there for him. Yep, and he's he has to stay there. So that's... It's not in the main castle, but it's it's within the courtyard and part of it, let's say. Yeah. 
and various who um, is the one Ned likes the least uh, meets him as soon as he enters and uh, said how you know sorry he has to hear about the trouble on the king's road and they've been um, lighting candles in the sept for Prince Joffrey's recovery yeah yeah you know, Prince Joffrey, who was hurt least of all this. Yeah, of course. And so one of the things that, uh, that, uh, Renly and Pycelle and Littlefinger lay on Ned is that, uh, the, the crown is, uh, more than six million uh, gold dragons, I guess, in debt. I don't know what the equivalent to that in dollars, but it's their like said, um, highest it's, value uh, coin. and Yeah. And it's... Uh, and so he's basically being told as the hand, it's like, yeah, okay, we're in debt. And, and he was wondering how it could happen, because when... Uh, it was sacked, and when they took over from Aerys Targaryen, uh, they, you know, it was, it was surplus. So, you know, it's like, you know, the equivalent of the next administration spending the last administration's, uh, um, money. Which, which happens, you know, you, you, you know, you know how it is, you pay attention to that, uh, that happens. Um. Without going on too political a tangent, this sounds political. Yeah. I mean Yeah. In an outside of Westeros. No, sense. But that's well, I mean I could I could go on and on about whatever, but I'm just saying that you know, it happens. You have people that will uh administrations that will not be uh thrifty and uh administrations that'll uh even though they'll claim fiscal responsibility, you know, haha. And his great and his grace uh King Robert wants to have a giant tournament, tournament in... That's the point. He, he wants a tournament, and they owe uh, Tywin. They owe Tywin three million of these uh, gold dragons alone. That's just Tywin. And this tournament is, quote-unquote, in honor of the hand of the king. Um, and as you're about so, but, to see, Ned doesn't yeah. actually want any part of no, this. No, but, but he has to take part of it. He has gonna, to. It's going to spend money to make money, and... He's, you know, he's going to have to do this, which he doesn't like at all, and it's all part of the image. Um, so Ned's very, very reluctant to do this. Yep. And Robert loves tournaments and feasts. Um, and doesn't like, uh, what he calls counting coppers, which I think, uh, accounts for some of that debt. Yeah. And, you know, they, he asked how Littlefinger could let that happen. Who knows what was done? I feel like there's some implication that it could be... Could be a number of causes for that. And after 
after this is over and Ned uh, leaves the council chamber, um, he's heading back toward... I guess he's probably going for the Tower of the Hen, and he's thinking about how both of his daughters are still affected by this. Arya's loss of her friend, and Sansa's wolf being killed, which, you know, once again, even though the main blame lies with Cersei here, it was Ned who um, was the one who actually put the wolf down so you know to Sansa it's you know her father killed her pet yeah exactly and she says that it shouldn't have been hers it should have been um uh Nymeria not without it's Arya's right that's Arya's and he's saying it should but that was the one that got away and you know it's just misery all around misery all, uh throughout the whole thing and um Ned is not okay he dreams of a frozen hell reserved from for the Starks of Winterfell. He just uh, he wants this over with. Um, so he follows Littlefinger later down a stair and across a small sunken courtyard and a desert corridor, deserted corridor. And Ned's like, this isn't the way to my chamber, and Littlefinger's like, did I say it was? Yeah. Follow uh, me, your wife awaits. Yeah. And as far as Ned knows, Catelyn is still in Winterfell with Bran and Rob. Exactly. So Ned is, you know, suspicious about this, and... Littlefinger is just making sarcastic remarks to everything Ned says. Yeah. Being his obnoxious self. Pretty much, and that's that's what he is. Um... Only go a long way, in, including having to actually scale the face of a cliff with handholds. So this is to, this is not a normal path to anywhere normal from the looks of... Yeah, it's to a brothel. And, yeah. Uh, and he says his wife's in... Well, your wife is inside, and... I still, Ned, uh... Ned, Ned took this to mean, like, some sort of insult, and he was actually about to... Uh, ruin Littlefinger's uh, life, so to say. Yeah. But it was uh, stopped, and it was true. Um, he actually had a knife towards him. It was Roderick. And Catelyn was indeed there. And Catelyn, you know, right away, of course, you know, hugs her husband and asks how the girls are doing. And Littlefinger's trying to be, like, sleazy about it. He's telling, before that, he was telling Ned to look the part more of a a pervert, basically. Um, And even offers to rent a room for, presumably, Ned to sleep with his wife in the... Yeah. 
and uh, Catelyn takes out the knife that had been uh, used by the hired killer who went after Bran and... And they're trying to figure that out. They're trying to figure out why that would happen. Um... And Ned thinks it's Tyrion's also. Yeah. So this is all part of it. This is as you, as uh, readers and viewers will know at this point. Um, this is where things start to. Uh, they they start to play one side against the other. Uh, there's no lo- there's no love lost between the Tyrion the uh, Lannisters and the. Um, and the Starks, and it would only make sense that uh, Tyrion, who has a reputation for being sneaky and conniving, would send uh, assassins or something like that. That's not exactly what happened. And Littlefinger is suggesting to Ned that he just throw the knife in the river and uh, forget about it. But he knows he's not going to do that. That's why he suggested it. Because, I mean, at least that's my uh, thought on the matter. I, I th- I'm pretty sure that he knew Ned would not allow that to happen. Like, he would not, uh, his honor would not allow for that to just be the case. So. I think it, yeah, we already talked about Littlefinger's um, backstory with how he was one-sidedly in love with yeah. Catelyn in the past. And he hasn't really given up on that and this is contributing to his uh, sleaziness here and further on. Yeah. I don't think Littlefinger at this point in his life is capable of being in love with somebody in a non-sleazy way. Yeah. Probably not. I mean, I would say that I would say that he's not at all like that. Uh, he's 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 a sleazy guy. He's as we will later see more of. He's conniving. He's manipulative. Um, and despite not being any kind of warrior himself or in charge of anything major, his behind-the-scenes manipulation make him one of the most dangerous... Characters in the whole series. Yes. And Stark, again, he knows that Stark wouldn't uh, accept that. Ned turns to him and said that uh, he can't forget that. that He remembers the attempt on his his son and, you know, his, his wife was there. said he's you're as big a you're as big a fool now as when you took up the sword against my brother. If you think I'm going to forget that, he says. So, but uh, he's not a fool. He understands, and like I said, he is clearly uh, trying to manipulate that. So, and Catelyn is thankful for Littlefinger's involvement quote-unquote helping and says she's found you know a a lost brother because 
Um, she still looks at him as... In a brotherly way... You know, as a ward that they'd grown up in the same family. Yep. And Ned isn't believing any of this, but he, you know, maintains politeness and thanks Littlefinger also. And gives instructions to Catelyn that she should go back to Winterfell and send word to the Tallhearts and the Glovers in his name and um, get bowmen and fortify Moat Kaelin, which is in that um, swamp land that they passed through on the way down. Yep. And get Lord Manderley to you know, strengthen his defenses. And uh, this is interesting. And he wants a careful watch kept on Theon Greyjoy because if there is war they want um, the Ironborn fleet. And Catelyn doesn't want it to come to war. And Ned says that it won't come to that. Well, Ned also thinks he's very much in the control of the situation still. And, you know, obviously he doesn't totally think it won't come to that because he's but he getting his he, but I think vassals he thinks, to arm. But I think he still thinks he can prevent it. I think he thinks that the uh, situation is still under his control. And we, you know, we're going to learn, of course, that it isn't. But that's a... Uh, and his plan is to, when he has... Um, proof that the Lannisters murdered John Aaron, that he will go to King Robert and he prays that um, Robert is still the man that he thinks he knew and not what he fears Robert is now. And that's the end of the chapter. Yeah, and I think it's the whole thing is that he thinks that Tyrion is guilty and I think that, you know, it's meant to be implying that Tyrion is guilty of this. Um, we know for a fact, now we don't know exactly yet, it's implied that, you know, as far as we know he isn't, but, you know, we don't fully know what's coming. Now we do know, of course, that, uh, Jamie just pushed him out of the window, which again, was honestly stupid when you think about it. I mean, geez, he could have, like, brought in Brand and said, here's a candy, pretend you never saw us or something. That probably would have worked. But no, he, uh... He just, he just, uh, threw him out the window. I wonder if he thought that initially that Bran was not who he was, but who knows? It's, uh, it's hard to say. But the point is that it does look bad, especially with the Lannisters. And... Uh, I guess we'll uh, we'll find out uh, pretty soon what happens, but that's that's sort of a uh, this is one of those glorious things where things are uh, just continuing to unravel, and you know it's going to get messy from here on out. Have any other thoughts, sir? Mm, not really, except. Uh... 
not that this is important or anything, but it occurs to me that how difficult the um, path to get to this brothel is makes me think that this is not the normal route to go where they're trying to sneak off. They're trying to possibly shake off, like, if somebody follows them or um, maybe Littlefinger's using this path for other secret business of his. Yeah. Because I don't think that many brothel clients are going to climb down a cliff face with handholds to get to that specific one instead of, you know, any number of others that don't involve risking your neck to... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Guess there's not really anything else to... But the, the next chapter is a Tyrion chapter, and the plot will thicken. Yes. And hold on, let's see let's see the illustration again from the uh, start of the chapter. Because Sarah has the illustration book. I actually always like that. They always have the illustration of things. Well, it's Tyrion and John. No, no before that, the the beginning of the other this chapter we just read with the uh, Oh Littlefinger various and let's, let's Grandmaster Pycel looking very, very shifty. Shifty. Now, Littlefinger is the bald guy, or is he the... Uh, He's the guy with the little beard. Little beard. Yeah, that's what I thought, the little goatee. He looks like... I actually imagined him closer to the actor when I read the first yeah, book without too. having... I did, too, and that's why it's sort of uh, hard to... Yeah, he's the little... He's got a little beard. He looks like a uh, pompous and arrogant guy. Um... Grand Maester Pycelle must be the bald guy then. He's the guy what with the giant name? beard. Oh, he's the giant. And the bald guy. guy is Varys. Oh, that's Varys. Okay, I'm sorry. That's right. Varys is. Varys looks very much uh, like he does in the uh, show. Um, I didn't mention this, but it goes on about how many chain links Pycelle had yeah. as Grand Maester and all yeah, the he different has a medals. Lot of them and... in there. He has a lot of them in there. Um. It's like, oh, this is a new discipline in Master. I think technically, you know, a Maester, you know, if they have a chain link that you know, fits all the way around their neck, and yeah. uh, I don't know if they've got to say some words or anything involved, but they're a Maester, but some of them, you know, go on and study a whole bunch of stuff they don't have to and get more and more links. and. Um, so the next one is Tyrion, and is that John? Tyrion and John with Ghost, over, yeah. Looking over the wall, and this is where Tyrion remarks about that. And neither of them know what's going to go down. Like, they don't know what's coming, so. So, yeah, that's, that's that, and... The next chapter is Tyrion. And we will, uh... Like I said, there will be more to be continued, and uh, we'll, we'll see where this goes. So, Thank you for listening to Cast It Into the Fire podcast. Good night. Goodbye.